One Team Media. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. Juan Daniels, touchdown Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels, and you're listening to the DGD Podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go Dawgs! Welcome to this episode of the DGD Podcast. As always, your host, Robert Reynolds, joined with me by Juan Daniels. Got a lot to talk about, guys. Kind of a bye week almost. Uh, unfortunately <laughs> for the uh, for the Vanderbilt Commodores, right? Uh, Sixty-two to nothing. Uh, you know, if you were here last week, you would understand that these score predictions that myself and Juan here were almost all on it. Uh, Juan, I know you were you had the shutout. I was one point off of what Georgia predicted, uh, what they scored. So we, like I said, right there on it. Let's go ahead and talk about that right there. But before we do, got a lot to cover. And look, lots of rain watches, man. This is the show uh, is brought to you by Lots of Rain. And look, lotsofrain.com, la-terrain.com, great watches. Uh, Atlas, beautiful watch, all black, right, going on sale right now. I think there's like five left. Uh, use code DGD at, uh, at checkout. Get 10% off your purchase. You'll love the uh, you'll love the gear. You'll love everything they got. I promise you. Juan, let's go ahead and jump straight into this. I want to hear your takeaways on the Vanderbilt game. Um, from the jump, just I mean, this is what we were hoping for. I mean, we were hoping for them to jump out on them, thirty-five to nothing in the first quarter. Uh, that was awesome. Um, it, it was all gas, no breaks. Um, everything that we talked about before. You know, you know what what Vanderbilt did to us last year. They canceled on us. I mean, we pretty much buried them. This is something that we talked about. Um, running backs, they they ran the ball well. We caught the ball well. We got a lot of people that just you know got some good playing time. But this is the dominance that we um, are expecting out of Georgia. You go from a South Carolina completely dominate and crush them, then the Vanderbilts, who you're supposed to beat, um, they go out there and then just beat them pretty good. Um, so I, I was very pleased offensively, defensively. I knew that they were not going to – I knew they weren't going to score. Uh, I knew it was going to be tough sledding for them the entire game. You know, what caught me off guard was how efficient our offense was even after our uh, – you know, even when our backups came in. You know, obviously you expect what JT did. I didn't expect him to go out after a quarter. Uh, you know, one takeaway there, you're, you covered the spread with time left in the first quarter. And you, you know, to me, at when I saw that and, and looking into, you know, just the first quarter, I was like, okay. Basically went about my day. Like I had stuff to do. I was like, let's go ahead and get this done. We already knew, you know, it wasn't, you know, to me, it wasn't something that I needed to sit here and watch. Um, I wanted to, and I kept up with it, but I wasn't able to watch. <clears throat> that was just what this game was about. And you know what? I honestly think, you sit here, you look at last year with them canceling. I think those guys didn't forget. And, you know, you look at the defensive output, you know, guys like Jordan Davis only played, I think, not even 10 snaps. So you're getting a bunch of guys, you know, quality reps, which is going to lead into, uh, you know, games like Arkansas, right, this four-game stretch that we got with Arkansas, Auburn, you know, obviously in them with Florida. That's going to be crucial, Yes. right? It was just beautiful to see a shutout, regardless of who the opponent is. You know, you know this. It's difficult to put a shutout on anybody. Yes. So 
you know, if you had to choose one person for your player of the game, who would it be? Wow. I mean, there, there's so many, but I mean, you know what? Uh, I would say JT Daniels, even though he only played a quarter, he went out there and he led that team. It, it's not very easy to score 35 points in a, in a quarter. I don't care who you are, but that's the type of leadership that we've been expecting from JT Daniels. Um, hurt or not, you know, we obviously don't know, but he didn't play like it. And he stepped up. He was a leader. He's my player of the game. He got it sparked. He got it started. And he did it to the point to where, hey, I'm going to leave my guys three quarters to go out there and, and improve and get better um, and, 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 and keep our first string or keep our top guys healthy going into this Arkansas game. You know, I had called I had called JT to be the player of the game only on the behalf that I expected him to play more than a quarter. Um, you know, I, I, I like the take there. I think my player of the game is Slab McConkey. Um, you know, I would consider that a breakout game, but if you've if you've been understanding and you've watched the game, you you kind of understand that it was just a matter of time. Uh, yeah, three, touch, three touchdowns for him. That was pretty. That's pretty good. I mean, you had like you said, three touchdowns for Lad. I mean, there was so much to take away from this. I think one of my favorite plays, though, you know, obviously, you know, Lad Moss is the guy in the end zone, yes. but what about? Brock Bowers with the tight end jet sweep, not just a jet sweep, the tight end jet sweep. Yeah. You know, from your, from your perspective, I think that was Georgia, you know, just imposing itself. You know, what, what are your thoughts on that tight end sweep? It's just something you don't see. Well, you absolutely don't, but I mean, he's almost kind of making himself kind of like that hybrid guy, almost kind of like that Kyle Pitts guy. He's got the speed, but the only reason that he gets that tight end jet sweep is because of the speed that he showed uh, in, in the past couple of games. I mean, so, you know, what, what I love what George is doing is they're finding a way to get their top players the football. And so, you know, imagine what that's going to look like. You know, obviously we're going to get Darnell back yeah, as a tight end. So you got a two tight end set. You can actually make him now a receiver. He's still running the jet sweep. I, I mean, Georgia, and, and I'll tell you what, the offensive coordinator, Munkin, is doing a great job of just using all of his skill guys. So now, as for, you know, for Arkansas, who do you cover? Who do you take away? Who do you shut down? It, it's it's going to be, you know, they're, they're going to have matchup problems all, all day. You know, obviously, when it comes to Arkansas, we're going to have a good show for that tomorrow. You know, obviously, you sit there, you take away what Arkansas did, right? Beating A&M uh, in, at Jerry World, right? So, you know, obviously you look at Sam Pittman, you know, what he's doing there is beyond impressive. Uh, you know, even last year I was, you know, I was under the expectation that if they won three games, uh, you know, that's a huge statement for him. Obviously being a first-year head coach, he wins three games exactly, gets the extension, and, and now you see him and his team you know, is in the top ten. So, obviously, you know, there's a lot to look at here. Uh, you know, but but when it comes to Vanderbilt, you know, it was just interesting to me just how overmatched Vanderbilt was from just a size standpoint, talent standpoint. It's insane. You know, you look at Jordan Davis, like I said, he only played, what, like eight or nine snaps. And, you know, to sit here and watch guys like Quay Walker, you know, just, just obliterate the run game, you know, uh, pressure without even trying almost. It, it just 
kind of leads me to like, how can this defense get any better? You know, I'm sure there are ways to get better, but how can that happen if you're sitting there and you're just that, you know, what's the best word here? Uh, dominant, right? How, how do you get better on defense? You know, you're getting these guys a bunch of reps, right? And you, you're sitting there getting these guys back. You get Tyke Smith on the defense. Darnell's coming back. You know, and there's a lot that I can see from Darnell's return that's going to help our offense. And I, honestly, I think that's going to be in the run game. You know, uh, a lot of people forgot about it, but the dude is a legit blocker. Uh, yes. So, you know, you can only expect with Darnell coming back that our run game is going to get better. With our pass game, it, it balances out, I would think, become a complete team and a true, legit national title contender. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they look good. Mitchell looks good, um, you know, from, from a receiver standpoint. Um, you, you know, I, I'm excited about the, the things that are coming. And obviously, too, there were some there were some buzz around campus about Pickens being out there, kind of dressed out a little bit, too. So, you know, I, I think during this stretch of October is where we're really, um, you know, the, the, this the month of September basically was just scrimmage practice now come October was what we talked about. Now it's time to just to blow the doors open. And I think you have to do that, right? Uh, you know, with the with the next four games, uh, definitely the hardest stretch you're going to see. Uh, you know, obviously you look at Arkansas, probably the toughest game we're going to play, uh, arguably beside Florida for a lot of people. You know, obviously that four-game stretch with a bye week leading into uh, Florida, it's really going to tell what Georgia is. Are we legit like we think we are? Or, you know, are we? is it just a testament that some teams that we've played that, you know, might not be the best? We'll definitely find out our identity within these next four games. And it starts next week or this week, actually, uh, against Arkansas. But I, I do think that we can take away some things from the Vanderbilt game. You know, what, what do elite teams do, right? When you have a schedule, when you have an outmatched opponent, you take care of business, you make it out of hand, and there's no question. You do what you have to do. Georgia showed that, you know, certain things that, you know, I don't see in the past, you know, playing down the competition. Georgia didn't do that. And I think that's a step in the right direction by all means. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it just seems like they just opened it up and they, they were hitting on all cylinders. I mean, and that that's great to see. I mean, this is this is the Georgia that we've been talking about. And I mean, and here's the thing. In years past, everybody would say Georgia had the top recruiting class. Georgia, this is going to be their year. This is going to be their year. They're stacked. They have everything. And then they would go and, and, and play and beat a Marshall team like 20 to 10. Or they'll go and, you know, and, and beat a UAB team, you know, maybe 23 to three or something like that. Whereas this year, you can say Georgia has the opportunity. We talked about it, you know, in the preseason show about them, you know, winning the national championship and about them starting off, you know, beating Clemson and then just getting and improving better uh, more and more each day. And it's actually coming to fruition right now because what's happening is, is they are, you know, I said, Whoever improves the most after that Clemson game is going to be the one that's going to, you know, that, that that's going to be, you know, the national champion. Georgia, each and every game has improved. They have not taken any steps back. No, without a doubt, that's not the case. You know, everybody wants this national narrative of, you know, Georgia recruiting, especially under Kirby Smart recruiting and then just not getting it done. I think it's a, I think it's a lazy take. You know, you sit there and you can I mean, you can argue 
the SEC championship, the national title game for damn sure. Uh, you know, but you look at it this year, you know, you're seeing a lot of parity, which I want to get to in just a second. You know, but Georgia's sitting here and they're, you know, they're a top two team, arguably number one. And it's and it's not even close. It really isn't even close. You know, and there's questions about Bama, right, from that Florida game that I'm still trying to figure out exactly which it is. And I think, honestly, Bama, we're about to find out what's what that defense is about Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ole Miss is coming into town, buddy. I'll tell you right now, that's going to be a damn good game. I'm already well, on And it's great, too. You've got, you know, the, the Ole Miss quarterback. He is, you know, he's in the Heisman mentions. And then, of course, you've got, you know, uh, uh, Bryce that's also in the Heisman mentions. So, um, you know, Ole Miss runs that fast break offense. Um, I, I think offensively they are a lot better than Florida. Uh, so we'll, we'll get an opportunity to see, you know, what, what, what's going to happen right there. You know, looking at it, though, right, Ole Miss does – present a threat offensively uh, that that Florida, you know, what they're trying to do, but they're just on an elite level. Like yeah. you said, I think they're just way better offensively. Now, defensively, there's still that question. Uh, you know, Bryce Young, I'm expecting him to go the hell off. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a shootout again. Um, but, you know, I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, did you hear uh, about yesterday the uh, Will Bond take on Lane Kiffin? Did you hear about that? No, I did not. Ba oh, man. Basically, you know, to me, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase here uh, in my own expectation, in my own, uh, you know, thoughts in here. Basically, just, you know, called Lane a clown. Uh, nobody wants him, uh, things like this. And, and basically use his past, um, you know, from Oakland and Tennessee and USC, you know. But to me, you know, I heard the greatest take on this in defense of Lane on the J-Boy show yesterday. Shout out J-Boy. Um, sitting there basically just saying, you know, people can grow up. And I think that's something, you know, that that's more than football here. I think Lane's in a situation where a, the fan base loves him. I think he's in a good spot where he's got, you know, he's got a Heisman finalist. I, he's, it's just going to make it happen. He's going to, I have a feeling he's going to be the Heisman winner. Mackerel kid is just a ridiculous player. You know? So to me, like I, I thought it was just a bunch of real BS, honestly. Yeah. Um, like I said, I didn't know if you heard it or not, but no, I don't. But I mean, he, here's the thing. Lane Kiffin, you can say whatever you want to say about him, but he's been successful at all the places that he's been. Um, and again, he is, I, in my opinion, solely responsible for that turnaround in Alabama's offense. Uh, he completely turned them into, you know, from a, you know, quarterback being a game manager and let's run the ball and play defense to, hey, we're wide open. And then you get you know, again, we already talked about this last week, three guys that are starting in the NFL uh, quarterbacks at Alabama. And then you got three, four, maybe great receivers that are starting in there before that it was, it was Julio Jones. And then you had Riddle and, 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 and that's it. I mean, you know, when it came to Alabama receivers and now they're just, they're just pumping them out, you know, and then and here's the other thing too. You got a quarterback that is probably going to be up for the Heisman you know, there, there's a there's a struggle right now between between uh, Ole Miss and Georgia with uh, uh, Arch Manning. So, you know, uh, I yep, mean, that's, absolutely. He, he, he's got Ole Miss in his heart. Um, and then he's got to look at, man, which which program am I going to want to go to? Lane Kiffin, you know, he, he's he's airing the ball out. He's got a fast break offense. And, and, and that's a quarterback's dream. You know, he's going to get recruits. He's going to get the receivers. He's going to say and he's going to get those people to say, you know what? Ole Miss might be a great place because of Lane Kiffin. So, you know, 
that, I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I think that's something that, you know, you look at, well, you know, it's not even just a pass game. They have the ability to run the ball. They're, they're running the ball at a great clip too. Uh, so, you know, but that's the thing about Lane Kiffin. It's, it's, he's a, he's an instant solve for an offense. If you have a problem and, you know, Jay Shipes here, you know, says, you know, right here, he says, I love UGA, you know, but the hate that Kiffin gets, you know, makes him root for him. And yeah. I kind of agree. Yeah. And he also said, Bama wouldn't be, you know, where they are without Kiffin. And I agree with that a hundred percent because what, what's what Nick Saban had to do after Kiffin left, he had to go get somebody that was similar who is Steve Sarkeesian. So he had to, you know, the guys that he's bringing in and then, if, you know, he gets the guy from, from the giants, he has to maintain that same type of offense and that same type of thing, or you know what, they're, they're going to fall off. They really are. I mean, like you said, you're absolutely right. And, and really, Kiffin was the guy that forced Saban and Alabama as a program to evolve. You yes. know, before that, you have to look at what Bama was about. Guys like, you know, Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, right, TJ yeah. Yeldon. You know, you sit there and you bring in Lane Kiffin and you automatically see that evolution on the offense to a passing game. You know, they open up the passing game and that brings in guys like Devontae Smith, you know, Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs. The list goes on. Now, obviously, you did have guys like Julio, Amari Cooper, all those guys. Look, that's just you know that's just what they do. They push out receivers, right, you know, right, a, a right. legendary clip. But the evolution of the offense changed completely. You know, the identity of what Alabama is offensively is nothing compared to what you would see not not even eight years ago. Yeah, and you really right. have to give testament to Lane Kiffin for that. So you know, I, I'm with I'm with the, I'm with the people that thought that that was just a, a lazy take. You that just tells me that you haven't paid attention to him in the past few years. You know, right. because what has he done recently that causes controversy? You haven't really heard much. You know, the last thing it was was the USC and the Tennessee gig. Right. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, you you, you got to understand too that even though they are saying all of these things, you have to be of a certain caliber if Nick Saban is going to take a chance on you. So. You know, despite all of that past that he had and everything that was going on, Nick Saban said, no, I, I still want you. So he he brought in something or he had some ideas that were good enough for Nick Saban. And then, of course, the result is Nick Saban, you know, you know, having these national championships. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, you talk about, you know, bringing in Lane Kiffin. Right. Nick Saban has a history of that, too. You look at Sark. With his history at Washington, with the, I think it was the alcohol issue that he got yes. situated. Yes, yeah, you know, you're right. Bring him you're in, right. bring him in, and sit there and and kind of purify him, if you want to say. Yeah. You know, give him a second shot on on the biggest stage. You know, Sean Bright. Next thing you know, Ole Miss or no, well FAU for Kiffin. You know, Kiffin moves and goes straight to Ole Miss. The rest is history so far. You yeah. know, and, and that's the same with Sark at Texas, right? You get these guys with problems, brings them in, cleans them up. There you go. You yeah. know, so you get this saving. Right, which I want to translate to the fucker. Right, you look at these guys, Michigan State, uh, Colorado, a little bit. You know, you sit there, obviously, Sam Pittman, right? Sam Pittman at Arkansas, top 10 program. Kirby's starting to get that too, right? What are, what are your thoughts on that? On on these, you're talking about all these other guys, or just for, for Kirby? Well, no, I mean, for Kirby, I think that you know, do you see similarities to uh, to Saban, or do you, you kind of see Kirby doing his own thing? I actually kind of see, you know, Kirby is he's starting to evolve and he's starting to kind of do his own thing, but he's starting to 
get those get those players. I mean, we had, you know, a, a couple of commits last week, you know, and and there's some guys that I personally know that are um, that that have already committed. You got a guy. Um, he's going to go up there Saturday. He, he plays at North Cobb quarterback named Malachi Singleton. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's he is a stud. I mean, like I said, we, we, we played him firsthand two years in a row. He's a monster. And I think he is, you know, he's excited. He's going up there with the nylon. So, you know, them going out there, having a strong showing against Arkansas or, or any team that they, they play with these Georgia guys, these recruits going uh, is, is, is going to be awesome. And, and, and so, you know, there, there's, you know, good possibility too that they may get some guys to flip, you know, going from, you know, going from other uh, other places as well. So um, it, it'll be interesting um, to, to, to see how it all pans out. But Kirby is doing some special things at Georgia and it starts with defense. Defense wins championships. And, and, and I just see a lot of these teams just having a very, very difficult time scoring on us. And speaking of defense and speaking of commits, the chain is out, my friends. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Kalen Lee, Cedar Grove, cornerback uh, uh, for the class of 23, commits yesterday. And, you know, I'm looking at him, you know, from what I saw, everybody I think has that viral clip of him hitting that uh, receiver. That I think that tells you exactly what you're getting out of Kalen. It's just a dog. You know what I mean? And I think he's going to fit perfectly in Georgia's defense, especially you look at 2022, 2023, you know, these defensive classes, they're reloading. And, and with all you're losing on the defense, you have to reload. And that's just another piece to the puzzle for Kirby. And, you know, he's right at six feet. I think 5'11 is what he's listed at. He'll probably grow to six feet. Yeah. But, he, uh, he, he's a big guy. I mean, we, we scrimmaged him. We scrimmaged Cedar Grove. So, I mean, we we, we basically scrimmaged two Georgia players, <laughs> you know, from, uh, uh, from Cedar Grove. And uh, they were very, very dominant. Um, they, they were, uh, and, and he's aggressive. He's fast. He's physical, uh, and that lines directly up with with, with the Georgia guys. And, and here's the great thing too: is you know, if you're going to Georgia, especially in the in the defense and defensive backfield or line, you're going to be coached to a level that no one else in the country has actually been coached to. Because think about it: we lost a lot of guys last year, and so that was the question going into that Clemson game: Will Clemson be able to take uh, you know take advantage of that young secondary? And you would have never thought that any of those guys were not, you know, were not returning starters. That's how good they were. That's how well they were coached up. Oh, no. I, you know, you look at the, you, you know, you got Kristen Miller, which is still the guy there that's uncommitted. Huge on Georgia's radar, too. Very high on Georgia's radar. You know, that, that team right there is just ridiculous on multiple levels. And, you know, like you said, you've had them firsthand. Kids are actually longer than he perceives out to be, too, if I'm not mistaken. Is that yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he is. So, you know, he can cover, he can hit. Kirby obviously wants those DBs that's going to sit there and come down and, and hit you, right? That's just that's just the way Kirby wants to play. Right. So, like I said, ultimately, Kalen Lee, man, is going to be a perfect fit in this defense. You know, whether, you know, whether Lennon sticks around, whether Schumann takes over, Muschamp takes over, it doesn't matter. He's going to be a stud. This yeah. Is point blank. Yeah. And so, obviously, while we're on commitments, uh, Oscar Delp, is I'm going to say he uh, announced his commitment date for 13th or so 13th or the 16th. Yeah. And so one of those two days, I want to say the 13th, I have to confirm. Okay. okay. Um, it, what does Oscar bring, you know, if he chooses, because I think right now, ultimately he's got a final four with Michigan, Clemson, South Carolina, and Georgia. I think it's South Carolina, Georgia. Uh, and I feel really good about him 
uh, coming to Georgia. You know, what would Oscar Delt bring to this tight ends room and, and, and really st- and for Todd Hartley and add, an, add another one if he does commit? I mean, he's going to be able to do the same thing. He's going to be able to run jet sweeps. He's got the speed. So, you know, I, I watched um, their um, opening, not the opening game, but their opening scrimmage over against Lanier. That's right around, right around the corner from my house. They had him at wide out. They had him in the slot. They had him at tight end. And he can move and just, I mean, he, he runs great routes as if he were a wide receiver. He runs great routes as a tight end. He blocks. Uh, he's, he's very smart, too, you know, finding holes in that zone, setting, you know, settling down and, and just a very cerebral player. So, I mean, you're, you're going to get, I mean, just an additional weapon that you, you can do anything that you want to with him. I mean, you line him up in the, in the slot, there's not going to be a linebacker that's going to be able to cover him. I mean, if you line him out up, 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 you know, against the defensive back, I mean, he's going to be bigger than that guy. He may not be faster, but he's going to be able to make plays, you know, going down the field. So, um, you know, if, if, if they get him, I mean, Georgia's going to have a huge, huge payday. I mean, a huge payday. So whoever's whoever's doing payroll for Georgia, boy, you got to get ready because it's they're going to be doling out some doling out some money. I'm telling you, man, Todd Hurley better get a raise right now. If, <laughs> yeah, once once Delp commits, right then, yes. give my man some money. Yeah, yeah, Bring yeah. the bank. Bring Tell the that bank. payroll person to, to get it together and uh, uh, you know pay the pay the man. Look, hey, Josh Brooks ain't afraid to sit here and make make those kind of stuff. You know. I, Kind of in the past, you know, McGarity was kind of hesitant, in my opinion. Uh, Josh, look, Josh Brooks has shown his hesitancy, no, no hesitancy whatsoever to dish out all kinds of money. You know, right. Because, let's be honest, successful football brings out a lot of money. And he knows that. So, you know, look, if Todd Hartley gets dealt to commit on top of what he's got in the room right now, and you sit here and you look at what uh, he's got 2023 with Pierce Berlin. Yeah. Ain't nothing, ain't nobody stopping that tight ends room. Nope. Nobody doing that. Nope, nope, nope. It's You're just, right. It's just an insane plethora of talent. Look, Todd Hartley gets what he wants, and it's it's showing right now. So yeah, yeah and I want to hear I want to ask your I want to read this comment here. Jay asks, what's up with all these white playmakers in Georgia? Uh, you know, <laughs> laughing about it. Hey, look, man, that's just a testament to Kirby finding the guys that come yeah. out. He, so, he's kind of those play. He's you know you, you you're going to get those McCaffreys and you're going to get those All Stots and, and 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 those guys too. So I mean it's uh you know the, the, it you know it's not about being white. I mean it's about you know being there because you look at the look at the BYU's of of old. You know BYU they come out there. It's a almost an all white team and they just come out there and, and just you know run some people over. So you know it, it's uh you know you'll you'll find them. You know you, I mean you, you got to look at Mike Allstott like. It's just, just all kinds of guys. Yeah. Obviously, it's just a testament to sit here. What, what level of recruiting and development you have to start looking at development now as well? Because Lab was a kind of not even a, a thought, right? Last right. minute commit, and and now you sit there, Lad's a breakout star. Yeah, uh, everybody kind of expected Brock Bowers. You know, obviously Georgia was going on hard, but no one expected this level of production immediately. I would think. Right. So, you know, you but, but you know what, though, it's 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 a it's, it's a testament to Georgia next man up. And and, and imagine if, you know, because you, you'll have you'll have some kids, they'll come in and, and they're just thinking to themselves, you know what, I'm going to red shirt. I'm going to get, you know, try to improve in the next year or two. I'm going to be better versus the Georgia's mentality seems to be I'm going in there with the with the with the want to start. I don't care who's in front of me. I, I, I really don't. And so. That that's you know kind of I think the mindset that you know maybe a Brock Vandergrift 
came in there with, yeah, JT Daniels is the starter. Beck is going to be, you know, the next guy. You also have Stetson Bennett, but I want to start. So if you have that type of mentality, then the work ethic and everything else, the, 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 the mechanics, all of that's going to come into play. And then you're ready when your name is called. And that's exactly what happened with Bowers. I agree. And you sit here and you look at, you know, you also look at future commits too, right? Uh, yeah. Gunnar Stockton, right? Gunnar Stockton's yes. committed. Yes. Uh, knows what he's got in front of him with Carson Beck, Brock Vandergriff. Uh, we obviously saw that game uh, yeah. last year, I think it was. You know, that was a beautiful game. You know, so obviously you sit there, you know, Georgia's finding these guys that aren't afraid of competition, right? You know, historically you think you're sitting there, I'm just going to come in and walk my way through it, you know, sleepwalk my way to a starting gate. Now that don't happen at Georgia. You sit there, you earn every single thing, and you just play, you know. Right. So that's just a testament to the level of recruits. You know, look, and it also helps what you're seeing on the field. Defense, rotation, rotation, rotation. Guys getting a ton of reps. You know, offense, freshman playmakers, right? That's enticing to re receiving recruits, you know, that in the, you know, recently, even in the past, like maybe the last five years, these elite guys weren't really looking George's way. We didn't, right. we didn't pass the ball. You know, so now you sit there, George's identity's changing, you know, right in front of our eyes. Yeah. The recruits are seeing that. The coaches, they they're you know, they're high school coaches. Hey, they mean it. You can you yeah. know, give them a green light. Hey, look, check, take a look. Yeah, well, look at look at the nylon, the nylon Morset. Uh, um, you know, he was he was injured, you know, for the first couple of games, and now he's stepped on the scene. This is a crazy prediction, but I, I see him coming in as a freshman. You know, making plays early. He is he can completely take a game over. He's that good. I mean, I've watched him play all the way from from eighth grade. Um, and, and, you know, and followed his career, um, he can completely take over. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And, and looking over here, you know, looking at Delp, uh, Jay, or Jay mentions in the comments, uh, looking at Delp and recruiting part of the stand, you know, no idea that the kid can ball until you watch tape. Look, and that and that's, like I said, that's just recognizing your guys, right? Like, you know, that was something that um, A.D. Mitchell was, right? A.D. Mitchell. You know, obviously during the COVID situation, you know, guys couldn't, you know, the dead period extension, nobody could come to campus. Yeah. You know, that yeah. was a cool story to hear from AD. He legitimately was sending out workout, you know, workout tape enough times to where the coach was or the coaches were like, hey, let's go check him out. Next thing you know, boom, flips from Ole Miss to Georgia because they they went, on, went after him. Rest is history, you know. So obviously yeah. the tape matters. So that's yeah. always a plus right there. Yep, so, looks like we have a somebody else that joined us, Joel. She was up there. I guess she was laughing at maybe one of our comments that uh, uh, we had. Joel, sorry, he uh, was laughing at one of our comments. So You're uh, probably right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Jay mentions give Monken a raise. I've seen enough. I mean, have, have you seen enough to, to merit yes. this? Yes, I, I, I do because of the just the way that he's spreading the ball around. Um, you know, uh, th think about what – um, what Ensminger, what he was doing at LSU when they won that won that national championship. You know, you go to the, you, you know, all year. Um, you know, you just you had your Belenikov winner um, that was there. I can't even think of his name. He was number one um, that that made great plays. But in that semifinals, it was number two, Ju uh, Justin Jefferson. I mean, just absolutely just destroyed 
everybody. And then, of course, in the national championship, it was a mixture between Justin Jefferson and and, and everybody else and, 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 you know, getting the running backs the ball. And so that is what Munkin is doing. Munkin is looking like, man, I have a gold mine in front of me. But listen, that's not even his full group. We've got some guys out. He doesn't even have the luxury right now of, 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 of Darnell or he doesn't have the luxury right now of Pickens. So when those guys get in there, man, it's going to be it, it's it's going to be tough. Now, you know, you, you mentioned the biggest name, in my opinion, that, and that's, you know, that's uh, Pickens, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, looking at that right there, the, the you know, the possibilities are endless with my mind running with how we sit there and who we run on the field. Right. You know, yeah. You bring in Darnell Washington, which tells me I think you're going to see a lot more 12 personnel. And that 12 personnel is going to be ridiculous. So I'm yeah. going to say it's going to be ridiculous because more yeah. likely, yeah, I, I love Fitz, but I, I think you're going to see a lot of Bowers and Darnell. So, you know, you sit there. Right. And, and that honestly, guys, if you're not familiar with the 12 personnel, that just basically means one running back to uh, tight ends. That, that opens up the run game and, and it creates uncertainty. Because Monken has sat there and shown the tendency to use your tight ends, you know, and you're still able to sit there and go into a 12 personnel to hit the ball, you know, or hit the outside receivers, things like that. The level of uncertainty with Darnell it, being back in, it's going to be scary because yeah. he opens up the he opens up the middle of the field down the seams. Yeah, and that's yeah. something that we haven't seen a lot yet. But I guarantee you, as he gets into as Darnell gets into uh, game shape. And we still don't know what's up with 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 Eric Gilbert. So that's that that's another thing. Let's, let's hope you know. Obviously, he's got some things that are going on, but let, let let's hope that he's he's there somewhere, keeping in shape. So if you've got him, you get Pickens by the end of the season. You've got all of everybody healthy. I, I mean, it, it, it's you know, Georgia may be able to go play like in the NFC South. You know, and 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 can compete against the Bucks. You know, somewhere around there. Yeah, Ooh. I'm telling you, they are they are tough. They are absolutely they with, with all those weapons on the field plus their defense, they're going to be tough. You know, you, obviously we talked about Eric Gilbert, right? I, I can't wait to see him back. You know, obviously whether it's this year, next year, you know, obviously I can't wait to see that. But there is someone that's making a comeback, and then that's uh, Coach Cochran, uh, Coach Yeah, right. You know, obviously talking about it, uh, Kirby mentioned yesterday, or Kurt Smart uh, mentioned he's back in a limited capacity, right? Uh, expect to see him probably full-time within a couple weeks. Obviously not yeah. rushing it. Glad to hear that they're not rushing that and let him kind of just, you know, get under his own feet uh, at his own pace. You know, what are your thoughts on what, what Cochran will bring uh, when he makes his appearance on the uh, sidelines again? I mean, just, you know, just having that having that fire again. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of law because, I mean, you know, you got Muschamp, who's got a lot of fire, you know, who, who you know, who just kind of stepped in. But, you know, Co Coach Cochran, just, it's, a lot of it is just the way that you, you're, as a player, you respond to somebody that's going through some things, watching them go through it and then coming back. It sends an energy and just a fire through you that just makes you. You know, it, it's, it's excited. And the fact that, you know, these players as a player, I'm going to say to myself, him coming, making this comeback to be back on the sidelines makes me want to just go and run through a brick building, for, you know, brick wall for him. And I, I think that he's just going to bring just that just excitement, um, you know, when, when he makes it back. Yeah, that's just a testament to his energy. Right. That's the energy that he brings. It's 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 contagious. 
Yeah, right? like it is. I mean, you, you have to look at what he did at Bama. Now, he wasn't on the sidelines, but everybody knows him, and the kids loved him at Bama. So, you know, obviously you see that right now. You know, the kids love him here. The fact that he's on the sidelines, that brings a little juice that, you know, Georgia has, you know, I don't know if they necessarily need it. But what if in a time of controversy or, you know, adversity, you know, he might provide that spark with his energy to get us over through that, right? There's so much that you can look at. You know, and obviously Jay mentions here, you know, that we lose Muschamp on the sidelines when he comes back officially. You know, I think that's a to-be-determined Probably. I think Jay's right there. Um, you know, but also I think you look at it as, you know, I think I would rather have I would rather have Cochran on the sidelines. Uh yeah. not saying nothing against uh Mushamp, but bring him back to his analyst role, keep him up in the you know, keep him wherever, off the sidelines. He doesn't need to be down there. Now, do I think that's helping us? Absolutely. Yeah, he's like I said, he's he he's got fire, he's got passion. You know, I, I mean, just going back to watching him when he was at Auburn, watching him when he was at, you know, South Carolina, watching him, you know, now he's always had that fire. He's always had that, that just that passion and the, and the same type of whatever it is that Kirby has. So, you know, I'm, I'm more surprised that they hadn't bumped heads and, you know, had like a little screaming match because they both are less like, you know, high strung and just kind of, ah, but um, it, it, they managed it very, very well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, I think you would know. Uh, yeah, you know, playing with both of them. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, but you know, I think that's a good thing. I think you know, honestly, I look at it this way. I may be wrong. This is just how I feel. It is, you know. Obviously, much coming from South Carolina, taking that analyst role. I think he understood his niche. He didn't need to sit here and, and be in charge. Now, maybe the you know the competitive side of him might bring that out some, but I just don't think he's in a situation where he ne- he feels the need to do that. So I feel like he may be okay with taking the backseat role. And just giving Kirby, you know, some pieces in his ear, you know, what he's seeing that Kirby might not. And right. like I said, that's just a testament to having great defensive minds all on the sidelines, just all over the place in the in the coaching staff. Uh, you know, I do want to read another comment here. Kind of going back here. Um, well, t- I'm going to read two comments. Uh, Gilbert seeing all these tight ends drive and wondering about what the receiver talk was all about. Look, to that, everybody's getting a ball. Receivers, tight ends, running backs, don't matter. You put him at where you want to put him, probably at receiver, like I said, don't matter. He's still going to get the ball. If he's if he's open, he's going to get it. And Jay also mentions only beef with Muschamp on the sidelines, <laughs> all the way down his nose. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't defend him on that. Can't yeah. do it. Yeah. That, yeah. That's that old boot. That's that old boomer, right? That's that old boomer. Yeah. What you looking at, boy? You know, that yeah. just, that's how I feel about yeah, exactly. that. But, you know, but still, look, I, I'll take his mind on the sidelines. That's just, yeah. that's just me. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. But anyways, so we're going to wrap this up here, and then we'll hit to the Q&A. But first, today is the last day of chat being unnamed. Tomorrow, chat will have a name, and we will announce that tomorrow. But first, to make your voice heard, go to dgdpodcast.com slash poll and make your vote. Tally it up tomorrow. Juan, myself be on here to announce the name moving forward for chat. So chat tomorrow will not be referred to as chat. They will not do that. Comment section will not be that. It will be a new name. Uh, And on that note, though, look, Juan, as always, thanks for coming on and giving me your insight. And go dogs. Go dogs.
This is the DGD podcast. Go dogs. And we are back for Q&A and comments. Juan, I do want to ask you, I know uh, you had surgery yesterday. So it was yeah. like, obviously, you know, we had talked about it offline, you know, glad to see you back. Right. But obviously I was, I was kind of worried about how it was going to go. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's good to see you back. I know you're in the confines of your own home down for a couple days. Yeah. You know, so I was sitting there, obviously I wanted to talk to you a little bit more here about our offense, right. And kind of get more of a preview for Arkansas. When you look at Arkansas's defense, you know, I feel like they have this tendency to kind of replicate what we do. Do you see that, or do you see them playing a completely different style? No, they, they have a, a, a similar style. Um, the, the, the problem is, is, you know, the, the teams that they have played, you know, are um, started off, I guess, you know, maybe highly ranked. I didn't, I didn't personally believe, you know, especially when we did our power rankings that Texas A&M should have been a number 17. I mean, they just should not have been. Um, and then, of course, you look at Texas. Texas is not as strong as, you know, that, that, that they've been. So they've, they've done a, a great job against them. They did let Texas score, you know, score a lot of points. Um, they did give up some points to, um, you know, in, in, in their last game. So they do have a pretty good defense. Um, will they be able to stop us in the, in the offensive weapons that we have? I, I don't think so. Um, and, and I think that our defense is going to give us more opportunities to have the ball. So um, it, it's, I think it's going to be a tough day for uh, tough yeah, day. For. You know, I really start to wonder though, because I think it's going to, you know, everybody's looking at our defense as being super elite and, and that's fair. Yeah. But I'm also curious to see how we stop that offense. And, and the X factor there is KJ Jefferson. Yep. Because yep. if he's a hundred percent healthy, you know, or as close to 100%. We know that as a fallacy, right, to be 100% right now. You know, but if he's full full health for what it's worth, I think he really does kind of make, you know, a threat to Georgia's defense. I think this could be a very good indication of what we're going to see against Florida. Now, yeah. I think yeah. Arkansas is better than Florida overall. Yeah. And as the rankings show is one thing, I just believe that KJ Jefferson is better than Emory Jones. So how we handle – KJ, in my opinion, we probably sit here and focus that same kind of mentality on yeah. Georgia, Florida and the cocktail party. Would well, that kind of make it, sense to you? Yeah, and, and here's a good thing. With the speed of our linebackers and, and the guys, you know, K, KJ just hadn't been hit yet. And so it's one of those things that if he wants to do you know, wants to take off and run, he gets hit or he's sitting in the pocket trying to throw and gets absolutely you know blasted on. It, it, it's going to be it's going to be a whole different ball game, and you know we saw a little bit of the um, in the Vanderbilt game where, where they brought in their dual quarterback. Um, you know he had you know some success a little bit, but we'd already had our you know twos and threes in there, so it wasn't really. But you know, so we know what to expect just from a pure running quarterback. We know what to expect from the pure passing quarterback that we got with with with, with DJ. Um, I think that again, once he gets hit. It's gonna be, it, it, it's gonna be something different. You know, looking at the offense and what they run, they do a lot of misdirection. 
So, you know, you look at the, the discipline for our defense. This is a testament to this right here. I feel like this defense is very disciplined, especially in the front seven. And honestly, that's where, you know, the majority of the discipline is going to have to come in. So, you know, you look at, you know, obviously I think you're going to see a guy uh, play a spy. One of the backers is probably going to have to spy at Jefferson because of his ability to run. Now, if he's not 100%, you sit there and you kind of tell it, maybe Landing sits there and kind of starts, you know, sending him in. You know, do you – I, I kind of look at it in a sense of, you know, does our defense stick to what we're doing? I think so. You know, just because we play Arkansas, you know, you look at how we played against Clemson, right? DJ – no, I don't think DJ was as fast as KJ, right? I think KJ is a little bit more of an athlete, you know, but I think you play the same game plan you come in, but you have to be disciplined. And I think you let the talent take over, you know, but you have to understand Pittman here. He's he's going to have that mentality to to beat you up front in, in the offensive line. That's just his niche. And I, I think, you know, with Jordan Davis, look, I, don't, I just don't know if anybody's going to stop Jordan Davis. I just don't know if anybody can do that. It's not possible. Look, man, that man, that is – it's illegal to be that big. It should be illegal and, and playing at that level. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So we got a question here from Jay. Uh, if Arkansas keeps it really close with Georgia, is it more of the same uh, same old, same old with Kirby keeping his buddies on opposite sidelines close? What do you think? No. I, I mean, I, I don't think so. If, if if the game is really close, you know, then you're going to have to take your hat off to, you know, take your hat off of Pittman um, for, for having his, his boys ready and, and cranked up and ready to go. Um, if, if Kirby has the opportunity and I have yet to see him let up, I mean, I, I really had. So, and you're thinking about it too, this is a top 10 matchup, right? If this were, you know, if Arkansas is ranked 74th or something like that, I, I, I could kind of see something like that. But if you are a number two, the number two team in the nation, you're playing the number 10 team in the nation, you have to bury Arkansas. And you look and at look also too know that Arkansas is going to play Alabama. So they're going to they're going to see, you know, who's the one that played against Arkansas better, who dominated, who completely, you know, so. Kirby, I mean, is, is going to has a mindset of I need to make sure we punish Arkansas and beat them worse than Alabama could even have an opportunity to. I'm, I'm with you 100 percent. You know, looking at the escape or looking or sorry, looking at the scope of the NCAA, you have to understand that this year the eye test matters more than anything right now because there's just a different level of parity that we're seeing. Georgia and Bama are the top two teams, and I think it's not even close after that, even to third. So you know, to what Juan said, I think, you know, Jay, I think you're going to see this comment.